0: Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Uh, hi, I'm Chicky. I am um, at the Chickren on Twitter. And today we're going to be reading um, John's eighth chapter in A Game of Thrones. I am joined on today's podcast by Devin.
1: Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Lot.
2: Hi, I'm Lot. You can find me at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. And Guile. Hey, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. Okay, so as
0: usual, our standard um, trigger warning for discussion of rape or, <clears throat> I guess, really violent burns, actually, in this chapter, which are pretty <laughs> gory. Um, and um, as always, we'll spoil um, everything. So uh, this, is, this is kind of a, a catch-up to the beginning of this chapter is a catch-up from the last chapter where, um, of course, John has burned the Whites to save uh, Lord Commander Mormont. And, uh, the Lord Commander has called John in to kind of commend him for what he did and to kind of run over some things. John is really only interested in hearing about what's going on with his dad and his sisters, understandably, since he hasn't had an update on what's going on in King's Landing. So he's a little, I don't know, his attitude is not great in this chapter. It's a very teenage, sullen John situation, um... (laughs) and uh of course uh lord commander mormon's crow is there for some commentary um we do find out that john has heard from sam that um rob has uh marched south to go to war um and john is just um upset about what might be being kept from him which of course plays out through the rest of the chapter
2: I found this part um, so amusing that, like, just the fact that Sam's like basically informing John on all these, like, the mail of the Lord Commander, <laughs> like, that would that would surely get you fired, I would think. Yeah, Sam's a leaker. <laughs> Sam's the the
3: anonymous
0: source. Totally, <laughs> he knows Maggie Haberman. <laughs> I hope not for Sam's sake.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. this american stuff yeah yeah
0: sorry we got really
1: <laughs> yes. american for a minute there.
2: <laughs> i only know so much you guys are going too deep for me <laughs> sorry sorry that was some of us clearly to watch too ahead. much cnn
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's me um so then uh, of course we get to the the part where um well we should probably also i mentioned it briefly in the beginning but um God, I forgot how bad John's burn was, and that went it went all the way up his Same. arm. I, you know, you you see him talk about it in later chapters, and it's usually his hand where he's trying to regain flexibility, where he's constantly doing the thing, you know, where he does where he um, he's constantly making a fist and stuff with his hand.
2: Yeah, it was such a good job at describing the burns too. Like I was getting weak because, like, if you've ever been burned badly, just like you feel it everywhere. Like it's just your brain goes into like this. I don't know, like a numb fog of just, yeah, I just, I don't know. It took me right there anyway. He's describing the blisters as like big as cockroaches, <laughs> but like they never mentioned Jon's burn that much after this. So I think it's easy to see why you wouldn't recall it being this bad.
3: Well, it's interesting too, you know, Jon is a Targaryen. So we have more proof that, you know, and I think George said it too, that, you know, Targaryens are not magically immune to being burned.
0: Yeah, not in the books. No yeah. Way. Um, so, next, of course, we get to the part that is um, a head scratcher to me, which is where um, Lord Commander Mormont gives John Longclaw, which is the Valyrian steel sword of House Mormont. Um, I think it was too little-
2: over the top. Is that why it's a head scratcher? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, in in the context of the series as a whole, as we have it, I think this is one of those things where George had not decided how rare and incredible Valyrian steel was maybe at this point. I mean, the idea that Mormont will um, give this sword to John and basically take it out of his own line. And I don't think he even asks John to give it back to the Mormons when he dies or anything.
1: Is, nothing like that it's it, it's very confusing once you get much more of the lore and everything about valyrian still it's like well why would he give that away it, it just it doesn't make sense
2: it's a great big fuck you to jorah well and well, his household
3: yeah well i mean also like we know that you know we know he has four nieces right so he's got those four or no sit like i don't know there's all those Mormont girls but we know that at least alisane has children so, you know, there's, like, a, another generation even. And, you know, it, it seems like if in any family it would have been appropriate. I mean, why doesn't he just give it to his – well, I think his sister gave it to him. But, I mean, for him to give it to Daisy would, have, would seem perfectly appropriate given what we know about her and what we know about the Mormons. Like, it doesn't seem like they would shy away from passing it through the female line if necessary either. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I can well, see him giving ah. it to John, but I think it's a really good point, like – You know, yeah, when John dies, like, you would think there would be some, like, okay, you know, this is like a temporary loan.
2: That would make more sense, right? Like, if they had had that bit in there that, you know, because he's, right now, he's seeing that there's a real threat heading this way and they got to do their jobs. So he's giving it to somebody he sees that would be competent in handling it. But then, like, the caveat being it's got to come back home when you're done with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would think. Because I'm not sure. This is a very big sword. Like, this is bigger than Oathkeeper. I don't know even... Well, Daisy is supposed to be really tall. Yeah. Like, six feet tall. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of the women could have wielded it. But as you said, Allison definitely has at least two or three kids, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I would think there would be more men coming in the line who could eventually mm-hmm. use the damn thing. I don't know. The whole thing is stupid. Do all of the Mormon women fight with axes? Am I making that up, or...? Is it battle axes with them?
2: Mm. I don't feel like that might be a thing for you. I'll do comma's job. I'll Google it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, We do have a long claw claw question. Um, So um, Buck O'Hare on Discord, they um, ask, what do you make of long claw symbolism? Um, A bastard sword given to an extensible bastard instead of a shamed true heir. Well,
0: that's funny. It is a bastard sword given to the bastard of the, the series, bastard. isn't yeah.
1: it?
2: Mm-hmm. Seems a bit on the nose, but yeah. I, mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think a bastard sword is a real life thing, though.
2: I think is it?
0: I well, you know what, researcher? Oh my god!
2: All right, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta make a list. Mormont <laughs> women, <laughs> bastard sword.
0: <laughs>
2: well, the timing of it. Also I mean, seems in the
0: end, like... you just. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Let's
3: say the timing seems so weird, you know. Oh, he's going to give away his sword right before they're going off on a ranging, too, you know. Like, you think you, you know, you think he would, he'd be like, no, this is going to be dangerous. I want my familiar things with me.
0: Well, he says in this chapter that he has, he hasn't used the sword since he got it because it reminds him of Jorah. Mm -hmm. That he just had it tucked away somewhere. So I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is just, you just kind of have to write it off as like, I guess this is some hero's journey shit for John. (laughs)
1: When when they found the two, um, the two guys, that would have been the time to pull the sword out just for protection. Just maybe (laughs) to keep, just keep out in the open in your room because y'all are bringing (laughs) these two bodies back and given all that y'all should know about what's going on. I mean, come on. Um, And bastard swords are a thing to differ from long swords that would yeah be right, but, um, Are um so, yeah. okay good yes
2: thank you for that i'm still on the mormon women stuff <laughs> so far i've only seen the bit where they like uh, turn into bears and things
0: <laughs> i forgot about that part and then we but get yeah, the theory of torment being the father of some of mage's kids <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah it's the sword you can use with one hand opposed to one like ice a long sword where you have to use two hands um, oh, okay. Which still just makes no sense to me, like in a battle using a sword like ice.
0: Yeah, well, especially in this kind of warfare where shields were so. In this way, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, George, resolve some shit next time before you start a series.
2: Um, So, and oh, Uh, I got it. Wait, I got, I got the thing about the. Okay, so there's the a carving that um, was observed by Daisy, um, with on Bear Island of a lady with a child in one arm and a battle axe in the other. So that's probably where that comes from.
0: Um. So the other thing is that that uh, Commander Mormont has had this Lord Commander Mormont has had this thing. Um, has had a new hilt put on, basically with, um, basically an homage to Ghost. I guess it's a white um wolf with red eyes, which is um also just like another sign that he definitely means for John to keep this sword. I
1: guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely. This is out of our family now, is basically because I mean, I mean, it could be taken off and put him back on, but I mean, if he's doing that much, and to even go as far as the red eyes, yeah, I
2: mean, maybe he has a crush on him. <laughs> that John honestly explains a lot more, <laughs> yeah, right?
3: Like a crush on ghost or a crush on John? No, no, crush on John,
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're wooing him. Save that with a crush on ghost there, but you we've did We've it. seen
2: it before, people, we've seen it before. <laughs>
0: So uh, we also find out that um, Sir Alistair Thorne has been sent away to King's Landing, where uh, Lord Commander Mormont thinks perhaps he will have some sway. But we also get a back or a little bit of information about um, Barristan being thrown out of the King's Guard, something that Jorah Mormont is not uh, very impressed by. Um, and then we also get a name drop for um,
2: perhaps a relative of Brienne's, Ender Tarth what was this? Like, usually I would read John's chapters and I would just like, cause all the names I'd get bored. And, but this one really pinged for me. I'm like, who's this guy? I think he dies really
0: soon after this. I don't know why I think that,
1: I think he's yes. dead. Um, we, we actually have a question about him and he, he dies in storm of swords. Maybe whenever okay. there's the battle, um, it's one of the fights that they have, um, but we do have a question about him. Um, Ancient Octagon, Discord asks, um, do you have any thoughts on Sir Andrew Tarth? It seems intentional that he's introduced in the context of someone giving a Valyrian steel sword as a gift.
0: Well, it is in that section, yeah, isn't it? Um I don't I don't know. We really don't know anything about it's funny in fandom there's kind of this assumption that um Brienne has no family just because she doesn't have any siblings. But for all we know, she's got like fifty aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. You know, we really don't know um, much about the Tarth family outside of her and her dad.
2: Yeah, there was like, there's nothing on this guy either. Like
1: he's just yeah. I don't even think we know why he's there. Like why he's um, why he took the black or anything like that.
3: Well, he's knighted, and he, you know, I mean, it could be. You know, he could also be. You know, just given his potential age and. The fact that he's a knight. I mean, he could have been someone who was punished for his part in Robert's Rebellion, potentially. You have to figure there's probably some people that, um, you know, there's probably some people that were on the wrong side. And if it was a Tarth, that might have been particularly unforgivable because of, um, you know, if they they went for the Targaryens over Robert and they're Robert's, you know they you know they're from the stormlands i you know that could have yeah, been like for more from pro- s- pro- pro- problematic for someone from the stormlands that would have been a big
0: no no yeah
2: it makes
3: sense well someone from the yeah. stormlands and we know how tarth has those recent targaryen ties like you know they might have been trying to play trying to play both sides a bit too
0: i don't know at the same time they're really close to the baratheons right. as we see right they're so no i spot. don't know I, well, I mean, like they're really close right now to the Baratheons, right. though. Right. So maybe it was even. Brienne a, went and hung out at Storm's End.
3: So yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll, it was we'll, like a, you know, you yeah, we'll you went for point. the Targs, but like you know, I kind of like you, so I don't want to kill you. Go, you know, go to the,
0: go to the wall. It's possible. I am definitely not a the were for the Targs truther, but um, at some point we really need to pin George down on what he hasn't fleshed out with Brienne's family for some reason. And I suppose yeah. it's probably because of whatever he's trying to hide about the dunk connection yeah. that it's like to not even know her house words or have any idea about anything about the rest of her house for a POV character. It's really weird.
3: Well, I mean, he never had Ned's dad until I think he was shamed into like giving her name
0: <laughs> in one of those mom. Th- Ma- you said Ned's dad. I mean, Ned's mom. Sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, know. I was like, what? say
0: yeah no same yeah exactly that well he I think somebody just sat him down and was like (laughs) you have an absence of moms could you at least tell us who they were and what their names were George it's not important
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, I don't. It's hard to God imagine that's not the answer. With I mean, it's hard to imagine that is. So I'm like, whatever I say, I actually mean the opposite today. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that that's the reason with Brienne. It seems like the things we don't know about her are probably fairly important for some reason that we'll never know.
0: I agree. Yeah, no, he's definitely holding some things close to the chest for some reveal at some point. I mean, but it's
3: maybe going. we'll find it out in season four of the Duncan Egg series. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 Welcome Even back go to the circle of hell. <laughs> 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 we
1: definitely won't get it from the books. <laughs> I'm not ready for no, that
0: yet. Okay, so uh, John leaves uh, Lord Komor. Camorm- Lord, Lord Commander Mormon's Chamber. Why can't I say I Lord like Commander? Lord like, Commander? Though well, that sounds
2: kind of Lord Mormont. <laughs>
0: that is a better name. Um, so he leaves and he runs into all of his friends, and it's funny how everybody knew he was getting this sword, but he somehow didn't hear it, and they they want to they want to see it, and it's actually a really cute moment. I thought.
3: I think like the camaraderie of the boys is really adorable, and it's something. I you know, I kinda missed from the show and I miss that they killed them all off early because, you know Ugh. they're actually did you guys know that the guy who <laughs> random aside the guy who played um Gren is was cast as Henry the in this um it's I don't it's some new Tudor series where there was some controversy because they cast a black woman as Anne Boleyn. I can't think of um the name of it but it's something upcoming that sounds like actually like oh, super interesting. Oh, I seen
0: something about that. That kid who played Grin is going to be He's Henry the like, Yeah. Wow. For him. Yeah, Probably I mean don't I don't want to hate him. You know, really liked him. But uh, yeah, I mean like the
3: camaraderie of the boys and like how much they love John is really you know, is really great because I mean to your point Chicky at the start he is kind of like the worst John, which is the sullen kind of braddy John. <laughs> and you know, they they are the ones that definitely draw out the like the fun boyish John and it's sort of like everything we know about Rhaegar kind of seems like Rhaegar was very much like the sullen kind of not really fun John. and like that side of him is, is that that side of him is sort of um, goes away when he has you know he has like these guys around him and like You know, I think probably when he was at Winterfell with Rob and even to, you know, to some extent, probably Theon, like, they would draw that out of him, too. So it's nice to see the John we love, um, you know, kind of get back in these moments.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, So and we hear more here. And this is this is why it makes it so clear how important it was that John learned at this point that you can kill whites with fire. The other white killed five guys. I hadn't remembered this either before they, I don't know what they did. They cut its head off yeah. and finally quit. Or
3: and like Jeremy Riker was one of them. And he was obviously like a pretty, you know, like kind of like a Benjamin
0: level fighter. It sounds like. Yeah. And he was night at night. Yeah. Right. I mean like, yeah, not a, not a joke. Yeah. It, it's pretty, pretty chilling and crazy.
3: Like he cut his head off and then got killed. Killed by the headless corpse. God, George, you're just <laughs> horrible.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> what it was. Okay.
1: And doesn't that one kill, doesn't he kill all those men with like, any he one-handed by that point? Like his hand oh, was already maybe. gone. Oh, God. Yeah, because that's what Ghost brought to him was the hand. So like, he did all that like just one-handed. <laughs> I, that seems like a lot. <laughs> it
2: does it. Well, it's just like if, but I guess if that you don't zombies, know
1: how to kill them, yeah.
2: Just frozen stumps bashing in skulls. Yeah, but
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to zombies being kind of dumb and other things. It's funny how, like, intense these whites mm-hmm. are. Um, so Maester Eamon uh, sends for, for John. Um, well, sends Sam to get John. And uh, so John goes to see uh, Maester Eamon. And uh, we we kind of finally get some backstory here on, uh, Maester Eamon that he is, it's kind of a really, actually it's really well-written reveal where Maester Amon talks about, you know, who his father was and everything. And, and, um, basically Maester Amon is telling John, you know, I've been tested. I have, I have been tempted to leave the wall, um, because of issues with my family. And he says it's happened three times. Um, and clearly it's meant to, you know, be an illustration to John about, you know, choosing the right way and everything. And and then Maester Eymon reveals that he is a Targaryen. Um what do you think? I, I I've often wondered why why George chose to put Amon at the wall for John. Um because there are so many things that Eamon could have done for John that I think he doesn't. It's just an interesting thing that you've got this Targaryen there and that, you know, like he never will make the connection about who John is. Like I, I kept expecting it to be mm. Maester Eamon who figured out who John was and then
2: he died. It just like I don't know, it felt like a bit of fan service to me. Just to have somebody from the Duncan Egg world.
3: Or, you know, I mean this who knows what he might have originally? I mean, Eamon might just be kind of a dead end that didn't happen how he how he wanted it to happen. Even that could be. Or he's really there for Sam because Sam is the one that's going to go to the Citadel. Sam's the one that spends more time with him. Sam's the one that's going to, or Sam's the one that needs him or needs the knowledge or, or some you know or something. I don't know. But yeah, it does seem like it's just such a lost opportunity for for John.
2: Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I yeah. g- I just got tripped up over the bird slot. <laughs> <laughs> oh I was like, God. I can't like when they're feeding got, the birds. Yeah. And it's basically just raw chunks of bloody meat. And then like, he's got like a burn wound. He's like holding a, his, in his burned wound side, the bucket and then the bare handing chunks of meat for these birds to eat. I'm like, this is not sanitary. How is this wound of his ever going to heal properly? <laughs>
0: Well, I forgot there's that interesting detail about how um Lord Commander Mormont's raven does not eat meat the same way that the others do. It eats grain and vegetables and stuff. Mm. Oh, you know what? Really I meant annoying. to <laughs> <Sorry>. It is <laughs> annoying. I meant to look up the corn code for this chapter and I didn't do it cuz there's a, I know oh, there's stuff again. about it. <laughs> corn code. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe in the corn code, but it is really fun. Huh, there's actual
2: corn code, like, in real life. Sorry. There is? Are you just Googling everything that happens? I am. Well, did you, have you guys Sweet read the... Corn is 4589. <laughs> have you guys kept up with the
3: Reddit post about the guy who was bored during the start of quarantine and he inadvertently created a crow army? Because, you know, you had heard that oh, it, you yeah. could, like, get friendly, friendly crows if you, you know, give them things. And he did, but then they started dive bombing his neighbors and like, um, like guarding the resource guarding and stuff. So he was asking for advice of like how to make his crows nicer or you know get the so that his neighbors wouldn't hate him. And it was basically like, oh, you know, have the neighbors give him things too. And and so the, the the update that he posted recently was that actually so the neighbors started doing that and everything was great. And then there was a snowstorm and one of his elderly neighbors was slipped and fell in the driveway and all the crows went crazy. And so someone came out and, you know, found the, found the guy and was able to help him.
0: (laughs) I saw that. That was a crazy update.
3: Right. So, I mean, again, like this whole idea of the crows and you know the ravens and crows and stuff kind of being, you know, really, really, really smart and intuitive and like on the side of, you know, on the side of the, of the nice people, I guess, basically.
0: I wonder if George knew this shit when he started these books. so hard to know. So hard to think about what he must have known in the pre-internet days. About just Uh, like where he was going or with the, how much he knew about crows. How much you would have known about crows? Because it's like now, if you were including, you know, crows as like this eerie omen thing in your story, you'd probably just immediately Google it and you'd probably learn about things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean. But I mean, I don't think I heard about this thing with crows and ravens until like the last maybe eight or ten years. Well, I mean, there's been
3: ravens at the Tower, you know, those ravens at the Tower of London for forever. So I'm, you know, I assume that there's some, you know, there's some sense of that. There's some sort of.
0: Importance, right? Yeah. If they leave, then the yeah. royal family loses power or something. Which I mean,
3: <laughs> they—I think they do like do shit to their wings so they can't leave. Oh my god! Don't I, they probably do. Plus, I think they probably—I mean, I'm sure they get fed by tourists and stuff. Um, if you go to the Tower of London, fun fun fact: there are like adorable stuffed ravens. Though it was really hard to not buy one. Um, <laughs> just saying.
0: <laughs> What want an adorable stuffed beefeater instead. Um, so the other thing that, that gets covered in this final section is um, is, is basically a, a warning about how the Night's Watch never gets involved in the, the um, affairs of the Seven Kingdoms or the affairs of men, um, which obviously will play a really big part in um, A Dance with Dragons uh, do you think George knew for sure then what he was going to have John try to do? Is this something that he had thought?
3: I would think he would have think at some point because I mean, he's setting up John to be, you know, he's setting up John to eventually be really tested or to, you know, he gives John like tests all the time about this and, you know, you think yeah, it's going to have to pay off at some point. Unlike Mr. <laughs>
0: where there's no payoff
3: right. that's true i guess i shouldn't say that there has to be a payoff that's that's a bit
0: optimistic uh, i can't remember what was in the original outline if john is supposed to take the night's watch and march south in the outline or not i
3: don't know that he gets to that point because he has like i just i can remember like cat and you know cat and Arya and and maybe like one of the Maybe Rickon, like are north of the wall, and Bran. Stuff. and I think it's Bran and is Arya it Bran? And okay, that, and think. like he won't let them. Like I think John won't let them stay at the wall. So I think yeah, oh, like right, there is that tension between you know that tension between the his oaths and his family there, You're and you right. know he's in I love with Arya.
0: Oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's the only thing I remember from. <laughs> <about> <laughs> <John>. <laughs>
0: the john Arya Tyrion john Arya triangle,
1: triangle. <laughs> yeah that what the fuck was he thinking
0: oh, God. talk about roads best not walk down right? thank you george for that one
3: so you know with aemon i'm just like we you know when aemon talks about those three times like you know we obviously know the last time was um you know the last time was with uh you know, with uh, Ares and, and, you know, Rhaegar and stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, I assume, you know, the second time was when, um, you know, he could have, he could have been king, but I don't think he was at the wall then. Didn't he go to the wall? Like, wasn't he just, like, at the Citadel and he, like, went to the wall to, like, like super-duper um- disqualify himself?
0: I think he he like Sam might have been a member of the Night's Watch before he went to the citadel, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And then, you know,
3: when he was really young, I assume that's like a relationshipy a relationshipy thing.
0: Yeah, we don't know what the first one is. The second one is definitely definitely when they offer him the crown. Um and he gives it to Egg. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever get, get that story with the Duncan Egg. I feel like George must have a new Duncan Egg novella pretty much ready to go. I mean, Sometimes I get that impression.
3: I mean, it seems like that's why we don't get much of Eamon here is because he was planning to give us, you know, a lot of Eamon later on. Even though in the yeah. three Duncan Egg books, of course, we don't really get, I mean, we don't get any Eamon. We get like an allusion to him, but that's it. Like, we actually haven't met oh, him he at ever all. never actually in it? No. Like, we've oh, literally wow. never met him. Yeah. So, it's, you know, yeah, we haven't even seen young Eamon. And, I mean, he's only, like, a couple of years older than than Egg, too. So, I mean, he's really, you know, like, what is he, probably 13 or 14? 13,
1: here? maybe? Yeah. 14?
3: Which, in George age, is, like, you know, 33, but still.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy, because he and Egg are so close, too, yeah. clearly.
3: Like, all we, you know, we hear about, I think he gives Rain to them you know we so we know like in between um in between the first and second books i think they've been to the citadel
1: yeah they meet them it's just off screen yeah Yeah.
3: which i mean Mm -hmm. to be fair you know when we think about the potential series there is a lot of like alluded to material for someone to work with too some a
0: competent writer oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that's the that that is the issue Okay, so anything else about this chapter? Anyone want to talk about? I know we're all eager to talk about John some more. There is a bit where
3: it's in italics, and it's like John grabbed it with his left hand, and obviously it's because he's injured. But just the idea of like his left hand and thinking about Jamie and even thinking about Arya—is there any? Does anyone think there's any significance to people like fighting with their left hand or using their left hand, or is there some literary significance to that, like some kind of symbolism or something?
2: I don't know. My mind definitely went there, though, the the fact that he got that sword well, and the whole conversation about can you use this? When can you use this? And I don't know. And I mean,
3: one and a half, you know, it takes one and a half hands or not really. But I mean, basically, and you know, <laughs> hey, that's Jamie. You know, if Jamie and again, like this was obviously written way before. You know, way before any current plans for Jamie would have existed. But, you know, if Jamie was the hand and John was the king, there you go. One and a half. Bang. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we're always reaching for something. Some, you know, somebody fit yeah. Jamie in here. <laughs>
0: good job. <laughs> Very good job. Anything else? No. Uh, Devin, do we have any mail?
1: A left yes, we do player. have two. Yes, we have two. Oh, actually, three more pieces of mail. Um, so from Cardinal Girl seventy five on Discord. Um, how many? How many people do you think knew Maester Aemon's true identity? Did Ned or Benjen know? I would think a lot of people knew. I mean, because yeah. that name, anyway, Aemon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would think that is not something that would have fallen completely out of knowledge or memory. I could see it why it wouldn't have come up, and John wouldn't have known. Since he's only fourteen, but
1: yeah, yeah like I John doubt this is. A ran, like those guys would number like the generation ahead of them would have to. he would think would have to know. Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, he was. Yeah, I would think. I would think other people would have known. And I would imagine there was, like, a lack
3: of Targaryen talk at Winterfell um, on purpose.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, probably. Um, and Carl girl also, 75, also asks, um, Given what happened to the rest of the Targaryens in the rebellion, do you think Maester Aemon would have done anything differently um, if he had known about John and Danny? Which I'm assuming is if he had known about the prophecy and that these two people were... Coming very shortly, I guess.
0: He did though, didn't he? He was in. That's communication. what I thought is that he with knew
1: something about it with Rhaegar. Yes.
0: Yeah, he and Rhaegar were trading letters, I believe. Right? Am I making this up now? Got I do not remember.
1: No, they <laughs> they were like he because he was he was very aware of the prop prophecy as maybe not specifics as far as John and Danny go, but they were trading. They were writing back and forth. From what I Yeah, recall.
0: well I'm sure he would have assumed that it was probably um Rhaenys and um Aegon who the prophecy would have applied to, and, Rhaegar's kids. You know, he knew that
3: Viserys survived and he didn't really do anything with Viserys.
0: So I don't know. Yeah, I think that was the that's his final temptation, is that he didn't go and help, you know, and Viserys. yeah Viserys yeah.
1: during the re- rebellion. Um, yeah I think um, but I don't think he would have done anything differently well it's interesting because everything we know about him he
3: the only thing is is when he finds out that there's dragons I think like that changes everything because that that does change everything because he does he he
0: he, at the end says you know a a Targaryen alone well the Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing is also for John, but um, you know he, he intends to go to her I think at the end of his life doesn't he To go to Danny? Yeah.
3: I mean, I think, like, the fact that, oh, shit, she's the one. You know, I think that's kind of what he's thinking.
0: And, you know, yeah, I, you know, this is it, basically. Obviously, that is also in context of his duty to the Night's Watch, in that he thinks she could possibly save them. Yeah. but yeah,
3: Which, yeah, I mean, again, and it's so, you know, he's on the Cinnamon Wind, which is a ship that has had contact with Danny before, and knows the dragons, and you know, they are going to her, you know, they are. So, I mean, he's not there, but there is some sense of, there is some sense of, of at least, you know, at least he dies maybe knowing that, like, there is some kind of contact with her. I don't know. I might be reaching there, but it's just, it's interesting, like, you know, he that he dies on a ship full of people that have literally met her and, you know, are bringing people back to her, too. I'm a little yeah. obsessed with the crew of the Cinnamon Wind. I know you love
2: the Cinnamon <laughs> Wind.
0: I know it is your jam. It's
2: totally my jam. <laughs> That's a good name for a ship. It is a great name. Anything else,
1: Devin? And we have, yes, we have one more. Um, this is just a general comment or um, question. So at Tumblr and on, um they ask, well, they say, First, I love you all. I think I've listened to all of your episodes a couple of times as I like to hear them while I'm doing chores and working projects. Similar requests have been made, but is there any other fantasy series you recommend that have complex and interesting characters and are not super sexist or just dumb? I don't always trust recommendation lists, but I know you guys are aware of recent issues in fantasy series and have excellent taste. I hope you all are doing as well as possible during these super weird times. I'm loving the reread. Thank you so much for that, Anon. Um, and I actually have a couple. Um so of course, Children of Blood and Bone, and then Children of Vengeance and Virtue. Blood and Bone is the first one by um Tomi, uh, Tomi Adeyemi um, it's based in Nigerian mythology it's very high action um, the basic plot is that magic is a king turns the magic off for a particular set of people kills a lot of them and it's about um, a girl's um, journey to getting the magic back for her people in that quest um, so I definitely recommend it's part of a trilogy I want to say and the first two are already out um, and then there's also, I'm halfway through Black uh, Leopard Red Wolf by um, Marlon James. He's a Jamaican um, author. I don't think this is a series, um, but um this story is about um the north and south kingdoms of uh, oh, I forget the name of African somewhere in africa um but anyway it's kind of told non non non-linearly through um flashbacks of a tracker and the tracker usually works alone he's looking for a kidnapped boy or missing boy and they he joins a team basically there's a shapeshifter a healer a skin shedder a witch a giant several other great Fantasy elements are all throughout this, but um, that's the main story. And then like just of the backdrop of the Warring Tribes and everything else in the North and South Kingdoms. Um, And the last one is that I haven't started it yet, but I've only heard good things about The Rage of Dragons by um, Evan Winter, who's a Canadian author. And that one is supposed to be um, a four book series, I think. Um, and there's a particular set of people facing genocide. Um, I know the women, one in so many women can control dragons. One in so many men can become bigger, faster, stronger warriors, basically. And, um, uh, but like I said, I haven't started that one. So those are the ones I have that I'm currently reading. I wrote them ready down.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you had stuff, Devin. That's great. I think it's really. i heard of that first series and yeah, I'm just waiting I for it to be finished
3: to read it. Earlier. <laughs> i was gonna say i thought it was really admirable for you to be reading a series that's two-thirds of the way john oh
1: yeah, my goodness, i was, like, it I was is. like you
0: read that before it's finished i've heard great things about yes.
1: it. yes so like it is so good um because people just kept telling me to read it mainly because they were like you love harry potter so you're gonna love this <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't wrong so <laughs> highly recommend Awesome.
2: lot do you have anything no, I don't read anymore. I, I, <laughs> I just read these fun. stupid <laughs> books. <No. laughs> I wish, you know, I got the library proficiency award when I was a kid in school. I read the most books, but by life, I just, I don't have time to read anymore. It's so sad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Guile doesn't read any fantasy except for A Song
2: of Ice and Fire, so
0: I won't even I know, know. but
2: <laughs> those sounded really interesting, so now I'm tempted. I wrote them down I'm, I, if I ever get chance to chisel out some time i do miss books quite a lot
0: yeah me too i yeah i i don't read um god any fantasy i do read these days is ya and i'll be really frank with you you're looking for something that is not terribly offensive and everything that was published more than about five years ago probably is so i i I just yep (laughs) The last time I recommended some books, I recommended one to Guile, and one of them had rape in it, and I had forgotten that there was rape in it until she reminded me, and so like that is why I'm not recommending. Well, it to anything. be fair, it was the first
3: novel of the Bridgerton series. Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> so, so I, That's you hilarious. know, so I find that like absolutely hilarious, even more so now, just given how that series, you know, obviously blew up. And I, of course, I watched the series and I've read more of the books, so. God help me. God help us all.
0: <laughs> I know. I, here, I'll say this. Yeah, I yeah, mean, um, George's books always were in a different category than a lot of other high fantasy men writing in his er, in his era, just because he had really distinct um, women povs who felt like um, real women to me, which was. Unusual for guys writing his 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 time period, so it, it, in some ways, despite how unPC his books are um he he's a little tough to hit for anything that's this intricate to me anyway that i've read i haven 't read everything obviously,
1: yeah, and um, I just thought the the rage of dragons has actually been called um African Game of Thrones or something similar to that, so there's that little nugget there you go. Oh. But um, the children of Blood and Bone and um, Virtue and Vengeance, those are, I mean, the main characters are women so or girls. So uh, I highly recommend those.
0: Awesome. Um, is that all the mail, Devon?
1: Yes, that is all the mail.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, um, well, I just completely forgot how to end an episode. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Um, actually, if you send would like mail? to send us mail, yeah. <laughs> You can do so. You can email us at close the door and at gmail.com. You can send us um, anonymous messages on Tumblr or non-anonymous. If you have a Tumblr at close the door and come um, You can always leave questions for us on the Jamie Brian subreddit, which is um, reddit.com forward slash R forward slash Jamie Brianne, And of course you can tweet at us at oh I always at door podcast. Is that what yep. we are? Yep. 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 At door podcast on Twitter which is really Guile's Twitter account, so I'm making work for her if you do that.
3: I mean, I would love it um, because it would just be me not talking about, like, dogs, I
2: guess.
0: <laughs> I like it when you talk about dogs and German shepherds.
2: <laughs> um. She went off on, like, they were attacking Biden's dog the other day. Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. they're
3: attacking Champ Biden, who's between 12 and 14. They're never very clear. He's a 12, between 12 and 14 year old German shepherd. Well, I have an 11 and a half year old German shepherd who looks quite a bit like champ. So when people are like calling champ dirty and like a junkyard dog, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, there are a million things in the world to be more upset about than this. But, you know, my niche, I guess, is going to be to be upset about people ripping on the dog.
0: You know, you got to take a stand somewhere. It's a pretty low class thing to do. Yeah, it is. It really is. So anyway, you can definitely hit Guile up about German Shepherds too. (laughs) I am part of the German
3: Shepherd fandom.
0: (laughs) And um, as always, we want to thank our Patreons, our patrons on Patreon, which is, oh God, is it patreon.com forward slash close the door, I think.
2: I believe Um, that's
0: right, yeah. And we always appreciate them for their support and helping us keep our hosting fees paid. Um, other than that, I want to thank my panel today and I am closing the door. Get out.